I'm your host, David Frost. This is my strategic forecast where you get common sense market analysis. Today is Tuesday, July 14, 2020. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. We got stuff. We got a lot of stuff on the docket to discuss today, not only from an S&P perspective, but we're going to take a look around the horn and we're going to take a look at all the different markets we cover. We're going to look at a variety of charts. Today's close was very important. The price action at the end of the day was very important. The thing the market did yesterday was very important. And then to follow up with the opposite thing today into the close is very important. We're going to take a look at all that stuff. Is it bullish? Is it a fake out? What do we have on the board? Let's start with yesterday. Yesterday, the market puts in a high above the gap. Remember that famous 319 gap? They went up higher, they reversed, they finished near the lows, the writing was on the wall that under normal garden variety market conditions, they would continue lower. We would have follow through based on the price action yesterday. We had follow through this morning, but we also had a reversal and we finished on the highs. Remember last night's video, the title was Reversal City. Well, guess what? That theme plays on. So let's go right to where the close was. Where was the close? 318.92 against a very important number of 319. Why is 319 important? There's the gap, 319 even. Is that gap as important as it was yesterday, for example? And the answer is no. They've already been to the gap. They filled the gap. They were rejected from the gap. Now they're back up at the gap. So on one hand, it is important. It's not as important, nearly as important as it was yesterday. It's been filled. It's just a gap that's been filled. What's more important up there? Is there another number north of that that's actually more important than 319? And the answer is, yes, there is. It's really from a psychological perspective, but it's 320, and here's why. Because it coincides with the big fat round number of 3200. Let's pull back a little bit and let's talk about the bigger picture. What's really important? What's important is where the market is relative to the trend on the daily chart. The trend is up on the daily chart. Here's the problem. When we go over to the weekly chart, we know that we're at a very, very interesting level of resistance. We talked about it yesterday. We have a breakdown candle high. We have another breakdown candle high in roughly the same area. So in and around this general zone, we would expect the market to find resistance. However, when you go back to the daily chart, the market is basically eating time off the clock above this 20 period and the rest of the moving averages for that part, eating time off the clock to make another move higher as long as they stay up in this general zone. The zone that we're talking about happens to be 324 and a half up to 326. There's other stuff along the way. Again, that will be refined for inside the numbers members. What we're talking about is if they're having what looks to be a melt up, if they're having another leg higher, if they're issuing a conveyor belt of pies in the face, where are they headed? They could be as high as 326. Now, here's an hourly chart. Let's go to the flip side and let's have that 3100 310 discussion 
What happened there? Well, obviously the market turned around. What I said inside the numbers, and we'll go over there in a moment, is that we can expect 3100 or 310 over the next day or so, but here was the caveat. Above 317, and that really gets taken off the table. What I want to do is discuss specifically for Inside the Numbers members why that is. Here's the common sense, the logic behind 317 on the way back up. You have this area where the market was rejected. So they run up, they try to get through, they're rejected. They try it again, they're rejected. So we already know about that. We've discussed that scenario before on 317. So it is a breakout area. They come back, they bust through. If they get back up to 317 and beyond and begin closing hourly above, they've recaptured that area that they couldn't get through before. They were rejected a couple of times before. There was acceleration on the way down yesterday past 317. Getting back up there, to me, the writing is on the wall. That's really bullish behavior. Then above, we have that important 319. It was important yesterday. It's close to the 320, the 3200. I'm just doing the mind data dump. Remember, inside my head is a dangerous place to be. Let's not forget about that. So here's the last piece to the puzzle on the 317. Look where the hourly candle closed right over here from yesterday. The close is 317.11, so I'm using 317 as the number. It's a round number. You start closing above there, and all of a sudden, what do they want to do? They want to run to test the high of that big breakdown candle. What happened in the afternoon? Once they closed above, what did they do? They ran to go test the high. They didn't get there yet, but they tried to go test the high of that breakdown candle. Guess what? We talk about that all the time. Why do we talk about that all the time? Because they do that all the time. Short hop. Here's inside the numbers. This is a learning environment. The goal is, and it's really a force feed situation, my objective is for everybody to learn. Even if I have to force feed the information, I'm going to make you learn even if you're only paying half attention. Here's the pre-market commentary. Let's roll up and check out what was going on through the morning session. You can pause the video and then restart it whenever you feel like it. But I want you to go back to the charts and see what was going on after the commentary. So here's something I posted before the market opened. This is a picture or a chart of the S&P E-mini futures contract. It's an hourly chart. And what I wanted to show was the big breakdown candle and the bearish flaggish thing that was going on before the breakdown that happened as we came closer to the opening bell. So you'll notice there was a couple of things said about that chart. Here's what was posted in the early thoughts. I'm describing what each one of those things were. There were three things on that chart. You had the bear flag pattern. You also had a breakdown candle high. And then you had a breakup candle low that was counter to the breakdown candle high. It was a pattern inside of a pattern. We've talked about that many times before. You have to have an awareness what's going on in the market. You have to look around the horn. You have to see what's going on, not only on what charts you're used to looking at, but also some charts that you're not used to looking at. You have to expand the horizons. So here's a picture of that exact chart 
that was put up on the board before the market opened. So we had this thing working before the breakdown. So it was here before this big red candle breakdown. This was posted on the board. Now what you'll see is that this breakdown candle started at 9 o'clock. Pardon me, it ended at 9 o'clock. This candle ended at 10 o'clock. Some traders are going to say, hey, I thought the hourly close was based on the half hour. And that is true. Here's a curveball. When I read the continuous futures chart of the S&P, I look at the top of the hour for the hourly closes only on this chart, the continuous chart. If I'm looking at a pit session chart, here it is. This only contains the data on the chart between 9.30 and 4.15. This is what's known as regular session or regular hours. This begins at 6 p.m. each evening and technically closes at 5 o'clock. Here's the last candle. It's 1,700 hours. The next candle is essentially tomorrow. It's complicated. You're inside my head. Do you need to know any of this stuff? No, that's what I'm here for. I'm giving you the numbers, and I'm really speaking to inside the numbers members when I say that. That's what you're paying the price of admission for. Let's continue moving along past the early thoughts. Then we have closer to the opening thoughts. As we scroll up, you're going to notice something pretty interesting on the 940 post. They're going to do one of two things. Either get to 314.82, that was a target on the upside, where there would be overhead resistance. It was the gap left open from yesterday's close. You see in the earlier post, it should be resistance. Or drop to around 312. Now this one's pretty cool. You know the routine. Right of the vertical, today's activity. Five-minute S&P chart, SPY. 314.82, the market opens up, runs up to fill the gap left open from yesterday. You can't see it on this chart. You can see it on the hourly chart. This is the first hourly candle of the day. There was an open gap. They ran up to fill the gap. It was supposed to be overhead resistance. It was overhead resistance, and they came down to 312 to 311.75. Remember from the 940 post? 312 to 311.75. Pretty funny how that works. Know thy numbers. Let's continue scrolling along and you can pause the video, read the notes. I urge you to go back to the charts, see what was going on. If in fact you're active in the market, trading during the day, this information, any way you want to look at it, should be, can be, and is beneficial to those traders active in the market. If you know what's going on, if you know your numbers, you know where the resistance is, you know where the support is, you know what happens if they get above, you know what happens if they get below, it's 90% of the battle. It's not placing the trade that's the hard part, it's placing the trade at the right location that's the hard part. Let's move it along. You'll see the numbers cited throughout the morning session, throughout the day. Check them out for yourself. They went into a light volume chop shop formation before making that end of the day push higher back to 319 or the jam session. But there's one other thing that I want to point out. We were focused on 317. Remember, 317, give or take, is resistance. By 159, funny how this works. 317 was supposed to be resistance. SPY high, 316.99, pretty nice pullback. They actually gave you a 12-handle S&P pullback right out of the gate. Here's the one I'm referring to. 
Here's the high, 316.99. Here's the low in the same candle of 315.75. Next candle of 315.90. One more rope-a-dope late in the day, and then they have the the end-of-the-day jam session. Net-net, and here's a wrap on the hourly chart. This trader, me, I didn't think they would get through 317 so easily today. I thought they would have more trouble with it. And I really did think, and this is just, is what it is. This is what I thought. Thought you were going to see this as it was happening. And then we would see another move down, completing what we know. And we talk about this, haven't in a while, but we talk about this quite a bit, an ABC pattern. So the leg down was A, B back up, a retracement of sorts. And this was, at the time, a garden variety retracement. Those traders that have taken the course, Lazy E-Mini Trader, know precisely what I'm referring to. Then you have another leg down completing the move. That didn't happen. They went up. You have to expect the unexpected. But here's what we did know inside the numbers. Start closing short-term candles hourly above 317. It's bullish, period. Let's finish out the notes. And you can see it turned into a little bit of a rodeo in the afternoon. And then as we go into the end of the day, you get into the anything goes scenario. There it is, above 317 and they're bullish. Let's also take a peek at the stocks on the move list. Not a great day for stocks on the move. Not a great day from the perspective of we just didn't get in the trades. They just didn't do what they were supposed to do. Had some jump targets, some missed targets. It is what it is. We have to take what the market gives us, the good, the bad, and in fact, the ugly. Wells Fargo, it melted down into the opening bell. Rather than putting another price target on the board, which would have been lower anyway, I just left it alone. You don't want it if the stock opens below the price. That's what happened here. Opened below, went lower. Then it fought back to the number, but there was no trade there. Just goes to show you, and here's the takeaway, the number was still important. The market opened, or WFC, Wells Fargo, opened below the number. Just takes it off the table. That's just the way I do it. That's the strategy. It works because when they open below the number, it's the market or the stock's way of telling us something. Something different is going on. There's a different destination. Sometimes I have the different destination. Today in Wells Fargo, I really didn't have it. How about Delta, D-A-L? So here's what happened here. The number on the board was 25.65. What was the opening price? Opening print, 25.64. No accidents or coincidences They just opened one penny below the number, shot up. Some traders get scared away, some jump in, you see what happened. I count it as a no trade because it opened below the number. But again, the takeaway is, look at the number. Obviously, that was the number. Look what happened. Just minutes later, they're at a high of 26.75. Did a little bit of a back test to where? The same area. That was the number. It was important. It was a destination. They ripped higher right when they got there. It just opened a penny below the number. That's just my rule, the way I write it out. For me, takes the trade off the table. The takeaway is, look at the number. GSX, the way we do this, two numbers close together. We take the first part of the trade, 50% of the position, for example, at the first number, put on a second half at the second number. We have an average in between. And obviously, if you paint by numbers, you had a nice trade on your hands later on in the morning session, making a high of $80.70. Again, you can see, again, the takeaway, what's the low here in this candle? 77.82 against the number of 77.78. 
that was obviously the number, or at least in and around the number. In the morning rush, the morning frenzy, the shakeout operation, they spike through numbers, but when push comes to shove, the numbers that are important, the numbers that are supposed to be important, are in fact important. Southwest, love, didn't really come close. 3161 was the number. The low happened to be 3175. It's close, but it's not like within a penny. And look where they did. They really, really ripped to the upside. That's a rocket ride. Spot didn't do it. The number was 240.99. The low happened to be 243. Not really that close. We only want the trades at our number, not somebody else's number. Somebody else's number might work, but I know my numbers. I'm only willing to take trades at my numbers. What about Camp IWM? If you read through the commentary from Inside the Numbers, you'll notice early on we cited the IWM and the transports were leading to the upside. That was interesting information. It's an awareness. Look what happened later. Not that that's going to tell you everything, but the more awareness pieces to the puzzle you have, the more puzzle pieces you have, the better off you are. Doesn't mean this is a one-day turnaround in the market. However, you have to really take stock in the fact that it was up over 2.6% today against the SPY that was up about 2% today and the transports were up about 1.7%. You have to take notice of this stuff when these favorite market leading indicators are leading and one was leading more than or leading compared to the SPY the other was just up meaning the transports were up they weren't leading they weren't up more in percentage terms than the spider but you have to take notice of this stuff if the IWM's not melting down and the transports aren't melting down and the financials aren't melting down it's unlikely the market's gonna melt down that's just part of that common sense market analysis stuff We don't really have any new information. It's just interesting to see it leading to the upside. Whether it means anything into tomorrow, we'll see. If we get a reversal of the reversal of the reversal, we'll just handle that in real time. What about the folks down at the transportation department? Remember, we still have an unattended to gap. 9579.07. It was not filled. Here was the high at 9501 and change. Not filled. If they hit the gap, for example, tomorrow, let's say they're pushing up tomorrow past the high from over here and they're going to fill the gap. They could stop short at the gap. They could stop at the 200 period moving average. The fact that they came close to the gap and pulled away the next time up at the gap, it doesn't have the same type of resistance that it would normally have on the first run. We talk about that all the time. And the reason is, is because it's relevant all the time if they're doing the push higher thing i would say they're more likely going to get up into and probably spike through the 200 period moving average than they are likely to stop short and reverse at the gap hey you doing the cues pretty good reversal yesterday was this a garden variety retracement are they not really going to get to at least the 20 period moving average if they don't it's uber bullish if they start pushing past 262, 263, for example, they're going to try and make a run for the breakdown candle high. The trend is your friend until it's not. Pretty good reversal yesterday, and I said that twice for a reason. We were up 1% today in the queues. It's a garden variety retracement of the move down. Doesn't mean it's over, doesn't mean it's not. Understand where the trend is. 
the trend is your friend until it's over. Also understand that the queues are made up of just really a handful of big stocks. If they start moving in one direction or another, it moves the queues a lot. We know about all that. These are all awareness things. The reason why I dug in a little bit to the queues today is because I do get a fair amount of questions on the queues. I know there are traders out there who trade in the queues, just trying to add some additional color. The financials, the XLF, now they're above the 20 period, 50, and 100 period moving average. All of a sudden, it goes from melting away the other day, flipped back around, looks like if they eat some more time off the clock, they can make another push higher. Staying above these moving averages is, and I'll say short-term bullish for the XLF. Again, you have a similar situation with a totally different look. Look at this weekly chart. Look at this big, huge breakdown candle, and they can't really even get up into the meat or the heart of that breakdown candle. They tried once, were rejected, if they do, they can move up into these moving averages. If they don't, that's the market's way of telling you that they're essentially putting in a bear flag pattern rather than creeping up to the high of the breakdown candle. Now, they start doing up here, that's a different story. Then they're going to creep up and up and up. But if they can't get up into the meat of this breakdown candle, then really the dominant force, the dominant pattern would be this weekly chart bear flag pattern that's what i see in the xlf smash mouth here's the weekly chart let's go down to the daily looks similar to the Qs, but in slightly better shape is that trying to tell us something the smh is a leading indicator of the tech space so if the leading indicator on the chart looks slightly better than the actual thing that it's indicating or leading then maybe it's trying to tell us something Either way, and I know that was a jumbled bunch of stuff, but you're inside my head. What do you expect? Either way, the SMH is bullish. It's in an uptrend, technically speaking, just like the Qs. Other than the fact that there was a reversal yesterday, the longer picture perspective on the daily chart is there's nothing wrong with this chart. Above all the moving averages, the trend is your friend until it's not. Let me clear something up real quick. We had a reversal candle yesterday here in the Qs other places so traders would say well if we had a reversal candle then why doesn't the market just fall out of bed well that's not the way it works what's actually more dominant on the chart the reversal candle from one day's worth of trading or a trend that has been in development for weeks or months and the answer is the trend is more dominant than one day in the market. If you're in an uptrend and you're above all the moving averages, you can have a bad day. You can have a bad day two or three. But if the prevailing trend is higher and you don't break trend, that's the dominant thing that's going on in the market. We'll leave you with that. If I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you, that is absolutely true and accurate information. We're going to pull the ripcord here today. I'm David Frost. My strategic forecast. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. My strategic forecast is hosted by David Frost. 
subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app, and please visit MyStrategicForecast.com for more information. My Strategic Forecast is common sense market analysis. Thank you.